My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Tim Melly Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Team Melly Talk. It's great to have you with us. It's our first podcast in a while. And of course, we are all in very good spirits. Cannot be surprised. Iran recently coming up with a one nothing victory against Syria to open up the final round of qualifying. And just a few days later, a 3 nothing shellacking of neighboring rival Iraq. Yes, that obviously felt great. I'm your host, Artif Takhari. Really glad that you can join us. And joining us for this episode, my good friend, Kiarash Mahdavi. Kiarash, welcome back to Team Melly Talk, man. It's great to have you. How are you doing? You know, How are you feeling after these victories? Hello, Arash. First of all, thanks for having me on the show tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, of course, like all other friends, I'm ecstatic about the wins, two wins back-to-back uh, against uh, two teams that are usually known for being tough. And uh, we beat them. So I'm uh, very happy. Uh, just wanted to say that I always enjoy your content. And uh, I'm glad to be contributing for my part tonight. Thank you again, Kiarash. And of course, to our viewers out there, remember, this is your best source for the latest news on Team Ali, the national team of Iran. You know, you know where to find our YouTube videos as well. And before getting into the bulk of our discussion here, Kiarash, if we, you know, you all remember, you remember very well that Iran and Syria tied both times they played in 2018 qualifying. And going into this game against Syria, I remember saying that there had to be a victory, reason being because those two draws in 2018 qualifying really were irritating. And did you have that same kind of feeling as well too? Yeah, I had a feeling that I really wanted the boys to win against Syria because uh, the latest uh, World Cup qualification, things got a bit uh, difficult. Of course, the first one is, was in a total mud fest. Uh, it was very hard to play a fair game. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the EFC let that game go through. So, uh, yeah, we draw that game. And, of course, the uh, second leg in Tehran, we already qualified. So the game didn't matter as much to us. But, yeah. Still too bad that we conceded that two goals in an otherwise perfect campaign. So, yeah, considering that, um, I was just hoping that we will win against Syria to have a good start. It's always important to start off well. And, yeah, we just got a three points, and I think that's the key. So, of course, looking back at those games, the score with the, the goals and all that, the victory over Syria, one nothing, only goal of the match scored by Ali Reza Jahanbash. In the second half, uh, right before the hour mark against Iraq, it was Jahan Bash who opened up the scoring in the second minute. And then the two goals in the second half, one of them from Tarami in the 69th minute and the other from Ali Golizadeh in the 90th minute. Now, when looking back at these games, um, who would be your man of the match for both games? That's a good question. Uh, you already mentioned Ali Reza Jahan Bash twice. And for me, he has been the man of the match against both Syria and Iraq. Uh, well, since he moved to Feyenoord, I saw that he is regaining his confidence and that he's showing he can very be decisive, like his, as at Alkmaar times. I mean, he scored two goals in both games and his calmness as a captain made him an obvious choice for me. Although his match fitness and his one-on-one uh, decision-making still needs some work to do, obviously. But I think the most important thing is that he gets the match practice at Feyenoord and translate that into consistent performance in Chimuli. But if he keeps it up like this, 
I'm for sure that he will play a very vital role in our remaining uh, World Cup uh, campaign. He was very strong, uh, confident, and uh, he was very lively. But uh, yeah, I think he can do great things for us. Uh, you know, he was he was definitely a pleasant surprise. You know, great to see him with the captain's armband, and he's definitely showing that he's a good leader. And but still sticking on the topic with the game against Syria. I mean, did you like how Iran played against Syria though? Well, to be honest, uh, I wasn't very satisfied with the overall performance uh, because the boys haven't played together in a long while since June. Uh, we haven't had decent preparation. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, we got the win. And at this stage of the qualification, every win is vital. Like, if you consider the fact that other big teams like Japan and Korea dropped points that match day, I th still think it was an impressive win just result-wise. And knowing that Syria can be tough, like I said earlier, they have a good day. So in some, yeah, it will take this uh, hard-fought win. And we also have to remember uh, there was the first national team game since June. No preparation, no friendlies. So yeah, I'll take it. And, you know, we're going to continue talking about some of these things. You know, let's call them, call them the negatives if you want. Some of the uh, some of the things that Iranian football fans tend to criticize or not be happy about. I mean, I just want to first go ahead and say that I think Team Ali fans are probably the hardest to please when it comes to their national team, and I don't think that's rocket science. I think I think we all know that. But yeah, like you said, end of the day, they got the win, and you know, Iran always suffers from you know the lack of friendly matches, lack of preparation. So to see them get a win, you know, who cares if it's not the most impressive win? It's a win, it's three points, and it's something to build on to keep on getting better. And now switching gears a bit, let's talk about the game against Iraq. I mean, Iran, of course, a 3 nothing victory. That was perfect. I mean, any win over Iraq feels great, especially when, they, especially when Iran destroys them. But why do you think Iran looked better against Iraq than they did against Syria? Yeah, well, I thought about it um, just a few days ago. Um, but there can be several reasons that we look solid against Iraq. And one is that we scored the very early goal, which forced Iraq to come out and look for the equalizer. Uh, so no time wasting, no dirty play, just a fair game. And I also think we were very clinical. And most of times, uh, usually we need a lot of chances to convert. Uh, but this time we were very sharp. Uh, the other reason being that... Um, Dekat Foucault, the coach of Iraq, that he underestimated our abilities a bit. Uh, because if you look at his uh, formation against Korea, he opted for a 4-5-1 in a defensive shape. While against us, he opted for 4-2-3-1, a bit more attacking. And I think he forgot that we have probably the best two forwards of Asia, being Ptolemy and Asmund, and they were deadly. And I think uh, he got acknowledged with Team Mary, definitely. And you mentioned the head coach of Iraq, Dick Advocat. And we all remember before Advocat, the head coach was Srechko Katanitz. And I actually think they made a mistake in going from Katanitz to Advocat. And of course, um, as we all, of course, Giarash, you are from the Netherlands. So you're definitely one of these Team Mary fans that is extremely familiar with Dick Advocat. I mean, in your opinion, do you feel like he's just been coaching for too long and it's just time for him to just hang him up and just be done with coaching, especially at the national team level? 
Well, definitely. I think he do lost the game. Like he really enjoys to coach national teams because he coached Russia, South Korea, the Netherlands also a while back, and now Iraq. So he he is not doing it for the money. But I mean, his tactics are like outdated. Mostly defensive football, not a lot of creativity, uh, which was also seen at Feyenoord, the club John Bash now plays in. So I think Iraq definitely made a mistake by letting Chatanek go because I think he was getting them to the next level. Uh, and when we played them, we always had difficulty to break down Iraq's defense. So yeah, I don't think Advocat is the man. And that's why I was happy when they appointed him as head coach. Because I thought they were going after Kraybosh. And yeah, that's a bit sensitive for Iranian football fans, uh, as you heard at the discussion and the rumors. And as we all know, recently, Kairos was hired as a manager of Egypt. So yes, we wish him nothing but the best. And glad that he's not having to go up against Iran in World Cup qualifying. You know, any anytime we're talking about Team Ali, we always have to mention Dragan Skocic. And People, you know, Team Ali fans in general continue to be negative about Dragan Skocic, but Iran keeps winning. Iran has won nine out of nine matches under Skocic, including six qualifiers. So at this moment, what is your opinion of, Dra- what is your opinion of Dragan Skocic? Uh, I believe there are two sides to the story. On one end, you must give credit to Skocic since he turned around the disaster Wilmot's made by winning all remaining games and against historically tough opponents in the previous round. I mean, we never beat Bahrain on their own soul. We struggled to beat Iraq since 2011 in the last meeting in the Asian Cup. So, uh, yeah, I think credits to him for that. But on the other hand, he has the luck to work with the most talented squad in Asia, uh, probably behind Japan, and one of the best generations Team Ali had in like two decades. So this team is still a legacy of Carlos Kairos and his eight year of hard work for sure showed off as we have a more cohesive and solider team, many players playing in solid European leagues. So I tend to believe that the current situation Team Ali is in is based on the good coaching work from Skokic, but also the individual talent from the players. But I'm still curious how we will do against South Korea. you're better than Iraq, Bahrain. That's probably going to be the real test. And yeah, I'm still a bit more skeptical about his coaching abilities going forward if we qualify for the World Cup because, yeah, it's a different animal, you know, going into the World Cup, facing high-quality European teams, high-quality South American teams, high-quality African teams. That's so much different than coaching Sanatanath or... Uh, coaching Iran in the Asian qualifiers. So, yeah, it's still too soon, too early to have a real judgment on how he will do in the future. And, of course, it's always um, helpful to go over Dragan Skocic's CV because when he was hired, this immediately raised a lot of eyebrows. There there are a lot of people. There was that whole thing, hey, a big-time head-scratcher. He had previously, I mean, in Iran, he had previously coached the Malavan, in Bandar Anzali, also had a stint um, with Fulad, um, Hune Behune, and like you said, Sanatanaft in Abadan. But I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm happy with what's been going on. I still remember when he got hired, 
I had other guests on the show where they were not expecting anything good. To me, there's, you know, the negative energy gets annoying. The negative energy was annoying and, you know, that's not needed. You know, there there always needs to be more of, hey, let's support our head coach. Let's support the national team. I'm looking forward to seeing what will happen in the next, next month when Iran plays away from home against United Arab Emirates and then home against South Korea. And then another question I have, though, is, but, you know, despite Iran's two wins, you know, are there still some players that, you know, that concern you based on what you saw on the wins over Syria and Iraq? Yeah, well, I think Jaffa, Salmoni and Milodim Mohammadi were two players that look lost and totally out of tune with the rest of the team. Uh, both are backs, so left back and right back. For example, Salmani didn't continue to fight for a spot at Portimonenza, and he just signed for Estiglal. Uh, while well, I think he should stay put there and develop his game, uh, he looked totally lost against Syria. Uh, he was losing battles. Uh, his side wasn't getting exposed, so Skokic uh, or the assistant coach Mario Tot took him out at half time, uh, while Mohamedi uh, also came in and uh, he lost the ball a few times, wasn't good at all. But yeah, as you know, he hasn't had a club for a few uh, months now. Uh, he's a free agent. Uh, so yeah, both looked out of form and not very match ready. So I tend to believe that these two players, uh, if they continue like this, they shouldn't be called up for the October games against uh, United Arab Emirates and South Korea until they uh, get back in form. Um, but we also know we are a bit thin in the left and the right back positions. Uh, I just hope we will have more options. Uh, but Nuraf Khan, uh, he, very, he surprised me a lot. Uh, showed a very solid performance uh, as a left back against Iraq. And I think if he can keep that up, I think he will make a strong case for a call-up uh, and possibly even a starting place in the next game. I think he's one we can look out for as, uh, yeah, he may might surprise us. I definitely agree with you on Omid Nurafkan. And I was pretty harsh on him from a previous result. I remember in friendly matches, I thought he did not look good as a defensive midfielder because I thought there was a lot of ball watching, but in regards to him playing as a left back, like we saw against Iraq, I was pleasantly surprised. And, you know, I really like, really like what he brings to the pitch uh, for team Ali. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, he got speed at the left back position. He got uh, vision, uh, especially because he was converted from the center back to a uh, left back. Uh, he was also tried out as a center back center midfielder at uh, Charlie White. Didn't work out, unfortunately. So he signed with Sepahan a while back. And uh, I think we got a new option on the left back. And that's very positive, considering we're quite thin in the left back and the right back position. So he's one we should definitely look out for. And we might just give him another chance, even though his... Uh, adventure in Europe, as we call it, didn't work out. And we are getting closer to wrapping up this edition of Team Melee Talk, but I still want to stick on this uh, position of the wingbacks. Now, from one wingback to the other, Sadeh Moharami didn't play in the first match against Syria because he wasn't ready. He wasn't match fit. I believe he was dealing with an injury. He did return in the match against Iraq. But my important question for you now is, do you think now we're going to be having competition at the right-back position between Sadek Muharami and Saleh Hardani of Fula? Well, I think that's a good question because uh, Muharami has, has having injuries. 
and uh, he isn't very consistent because uh, he's on and off the squad for Dinamo Zagreb, and he's not always starting there. And uh, Saler Hardani looks very talented from the game uh, we saw against Syria, and um, I th- I think he can challenge him for the starting wide back position uh, because yeah, as I told, we're very thin, so there's not much competition on that spot at all. So yeah, I think he's making a strong case to be a good solid backup for Mohanami, but. I still tend to believe that Moanami is the, our best right back we have currently. And the last position to mention, of course, you knew was coming the center backs position. And unfortunately, Mortaza Puarli Ganji is out for a while with an injury. And Majid Hosseini has not been on top horn. So we know that the, start, the starting center backs, of course, um, are going to remain being Hossein Kenani and Shoja Khaliazadeh. But in your opinion, yeah. do you feel, did you find yourself saying, okay, they're able to play as a center backs against weaker opponents. But what about when they have to play against South Korea? Yeah, it's going to concern me a bit more because Sojan uh, Khalizade has making some mistakes on club level. And uh, he's not always consistent, but lately uh, he's been getting in form a lot. And especially the partnership with Kanoni uh, at Persepolis, of course, and Timeli level is very consistent. and. Because poor Alaganji has been out for a while now, and this center back duo of Khalilzade and Kanoni uh, is the only option we have. I do think that Skokic will stick to them, and I think it's better for stability. Because if you put in poor Alaganji against South Korea or whoever, I think that's a bit of a risk because they probably uh, don't understand each other as well as Kanoni and Khalilzade. They know each other, they know how it works, so they play together a lot. So I tend to stick with them, but at the same time, I don't feel entirely safe with those two. Uh, of course, the infamous Japan game where Kanoni jumped the ref. So we need to be wary of probably, yeah, they are mistake prone, but I think it's Kaki's job to make sure that, yeah, they do their best. And it won't be surprising for me to mention this, and that is, of course, we got to wait and see what happens, but we also need to hope that Iran's defensive midfielders, of course, talking about Eza Tolahi and Nuralahi, make sure that they're doing their job in the, you know, in the middle third of the field, as well as the defensive third of the field to help out um, Kenani and um, Shoja Khaliozadeh. And uh, with that, Kiarash, just want to thank you for taking the time to join us on Team LA Talk. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thank you very much, Ashton. Uh, I just hope we're going to have good remaining games uh, next month. And uh, I just look forward to be on the pod again and hopefully talk about more positives. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. And once again, thank you, Kiarash and everyone else. Appreciate the support. Make sure you get to our website, www.teammelitalk.com. Remember, this is your best source for the latest news on Team Meli, the national team of Iran. Make sure you go on YouTube to check out our latest videos with recaps and, of course, video highlights that you'll absolutely love and have to see. You know where to find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know the handle, at Team LA Talk. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you on the next edition of Team LA Talk. And, of course, best of luck to Team LA, the national team of Iran.